Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Hartmut Issel is with us, head of APAC Equities and Credit at UBS Wealth Management on the line from Singapore. We've been talking about the Fed, Hartmut. Uh, what did you make of what you heard from Fed Chair Jay Powell in the press conference? Yeah, um, to me, it was very much in line with, with A, what, what we thought was going to happen. Right? So most likely getting another big one in September yet, and then afterwards, yeah, maybe another one towards the end of the year. And that also seems to be more or less the consensus. So therefore, I was a bit surprised um, by, by the sort of strong reaction by the by the market. But I don't know, to me, it has to look and feel of a, of a short squeeze. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a bit skeptical whether this is sustainable. There's skepticism, too, in terms of two of the big bond market giants diverging on whether the Fed's doing enough. We heard from Guggenheim's Scott Minard and Double Lion's Jeffrey Gunlark. That's kind of really stoking a lot of the volatility we're seeing in the Treasury market. How are you seeing all this play out, particularly as we look to the forward guidance from the Fed? Yeah. I mean, for uh, for us, um, um, Treasury goes. We, we, we had, um, you know, as a longer term outlook. Uh, so, so into next year, we had a 275. I mean, for a while, many many investors thought this is this is too benign, and now we're we're already there. So, um, yeah. But but um, if, if we think about this, this cooling that's starting to take place, right, and, and all, all the way from the macro to the, also the micro, right, tech companies telling us they're slowing down spending, etc. We wouldn't think that necessarily that the, the tenure, for example, does have to revisit three percent. You know, let alone um, higher than that. So, if anything, it's a bit surprising that we're already there. But we think this is more or less, you know, with six to twelve months, probably some sort of equilibrium that we would have found anyway. It's interesting. We had a piece on the Bloomberg Terminal today indicating that Japanese investors have been pulling out of the U.S. Treasury market and Bank of America does not expect them to come back anytime soon. Some of this is tied to dollar strength. We know that the rate story up until today has been uh, biased to the upside. Do you think that other, other investors offshore are going to avoid U.S. Treasuries at this point? Um. Well, it's a bit difficult to say, but, but Japan, I think, is in a, in a particularly interesting situation. So, so let's um, look at this quick. Right, so on the on the one hand, um, you, you've at least very recently, right, so you made some some gains on these positions, and then of course the Japanese investors do realize that um, their uh, own <laughs> central bank governor, Mr. Kuroda, is uh, is about to be replaced um, next spring, and and very likely. Um, by, by a less uh, dovish, right? He's ultra dovish. So, so if it's only slightly less a less dovish person, then you would expect at some stage also the um, somewhat out of times now you know, the yield contr- control in, in in Japan to also be at least somewhat relaxed. Mm. Right? So so yeah, um, 
it, it, it looks like like you know that there could be a strengthening of the of the NN play and then then you don't necessarily need and and potentially more than than you could possibly make in terms of gains on the tenure so to me that sounds reasonable to to consider that and we're looking at the reaction to the Fed decision and what it means for asset classes across Asia do you kind of stay defensive here Hartmut? Asia is a, is a particular case, and we're not necessarily extremely defensive. Um, so, so on the equity side, where we have um, preferred positions or overweight, if you will, um, is, is um, Indonesia in this case, where we think uh, also, I mean, somewhat cyclically, you could say, because they export a lot of um, energy, right? I think coal and, and, and other commodities, nickel, etc. So that's interesting. Actually, it's holding up uh, quite well, this market. So we, we continue to like that sort of exposure. And then um, China is just so independent of everything else because they kind of created their own cycle. And on that cycle, I mean, you saw the last quarter, right, 0.4% growth. I mean, that pretty much suggests we're, we're very much at the bottom of that cycle. So therefore, um, I mean, from here, you know, you, you can argue about the speed of recovery, but things should, do, should go up. And um, that's another market that we like. Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking at a piece uh, that was forwarded to me by one of our uh, frequent guests, Ben Emmons from Medley Global Advisors. This community right outside Wuhan locking down uh, a million residents, echoing uh, some of the uh, earlier measures taken by the government there uh, during the early stages of the pandemic. I mean, so clearly we're not out from underneath this risk in China. Is How are you managing that when it comes to putting the capital to work on the mainland? Uh, look, we we um, right, we do still see a delta. I know. I mean, also sometimes when I, when I see reports, I just says that the policies haven't changed. Well, I, I would argue that at least versus. Um, March and April, you know, what you saw in complete cities entirely locked down for an extended period, including all the production facilities. We do no longer see that, right? I mean, I'm not saying we're talking about a complete whole-scale reopening, but what we do see is, yes, you know, there are these these cases, as you would expect, right? There's there's waves uh, coming up, but what you do not see this time is such a sharp sharp slowdown in the logistics indicators. In other words, um, you know, also the authorities are much more mindful of the economic impact. So you do see somewhat of a delta, and I think that alone is, is encouraging. Let's look at some of your bigger, broader calls outside of Asia as well. You've mentioned uh, staying a little bit defensive when it comes to Asia and you're preferring value over growth. But we've got these concerns about recession, not just in the US, but particularly in Europe too, particularly as we continue to watch what's happening in Ukraine and the flow and effects of the energy market. Just tell us some of your concerns there. Yes, I mean certainly. The, you know, I mean, if there is there's a place where we're probably the, the most likely that is most likely the candidate you know, to, for very sharp slowdown, possibly even a recession. Yeah, you can argue you know, because of the energy dependencies that that might be um, Europe. And uh, looking at also the the estimates on the on the equity side. I mean, our estimate for next year is now a whole 15.15 percent um, below consensus. So so that's that's quite meaningful. Um, yeah, so it's. Um, something we, we would need to expect the, the consensus to come down quite a bit. Where are you when it comes to technology? And I'm not speaking about China exclusively. We had the numbers from Samsung, quarterly profit missed and, and revenue from the semiconductor division was a little light as well. I mean, where are you when it comes to uh, big tech in the APAC? Yeah. Um, so we, we do 
like, as you already mentioned, we do like the, the um, China platforms, but again, there's a completely detached, you know, from rates and everything that, that happens uh, elsewhere. Uh, so, so it's a standalone. Say, in terms of uh, other other tech in China, uh, sorry, outside China, is mostly really uh, also what you mentioned, right? Samsung, etc. These are mostly um, more, more sort of traditional tech, right? So, so either semiconductors or components, so in the somewhere in the food chain, and therefore. They're more closely linked to European economies, uh, the U.S. Uh, as well. Okay. Um, we would argue that for semiconductors... Hartmut, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. Hartmut Issel from UBS Wealth Management. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.